Welcome to the Trinity Baptist Church podcast with Senior Pastor Matt Homeyer. For more information about our church and to keep up to date with the latest resources, visit our website at trinitybaptist.org. Enjoy the podcast. Let me pray for us as we get rolling today. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for these kids that are with us. We thank you for the year they're having. We thank you for uh, the promise of rest and a holiday weekend. We thank you for bringing us here today from wherever we came. Father, whatever our emotional state, spiritual state, physical state today, as we confess every week, we come with the some total of needs and joys represented among us today. We give that all to you during this time. We give this sermon to you in this time, God, to make something out of it more than we are able. In your name, your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to be in Ephesians uh, 3, 14 through 24. That's not what's up there. I'm going to make sure I have it right. Because otherwise I'm going to have to switch what I have to say. Yeah, 3, 14 through 21. Excuse me, 3, 14 through 21. It's likely I sent it in wrong. Um, is where we're going to be today. This is a, a prayer of a pastor for his people. Um, as we're kind of in between series right now, we, we finished one up for the summer. Uh, we've talked on stewardship for a couple of which, of legacy. We're going to start our sermon on Trinity's vision and promises next week that will carry us over the next five weeks. Uh, I, I was thinking about what to preach this week, and really towards the end of the week, um, uh, this verse came to mind, and, and I thought this might be good not just to... to talk about my prayers for you, though we will talk about that, but, but the prayers that we pray in general and, and how Paul teaches us to pray boldly in this text. For I believe, I'm going to read it here for us in a second, that this prayer, for anyone we love, for anyone we care about, for anyone we hope for, God to do something in their life, this is about the highest, deepest, broadest prayer we can pray for them in their life. And it's the depth of it that we're going to talk about today. And I want to read it for us. Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. If you've got your Bibles, your phones with you, it says this, for this reason, I bow my knees before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you excuse me, the rich of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. 
You know, it is natural that a pastor should pray for his or her congregation. Interestingly, that's not in a lot of pastors' actual job descriptions. Part of my job before coming here was helping search committees as they look for pastors, and I would read the job descriptions, and often prayer wasn't in there. Thankfully, Trinity Baptist had that uh, in your job description. But even if it isn't in the job description, it's one of the expectations of a pastor, of a minister. Um, just like it is an expectation of a parent, of a friend, uh, that we would be praying for those for whom we love. I would say in a pastor's life, in a lot of our lives, uh, prayer for, for a congregation, prayer for those we love, should be the natural outflow of that life. There, there are things we need to pray for. Uh, you know, as a pastor, you need to pray because sometimes... God, you have some plans and they're pretty rough and, and God needs to smooth some of those rough edges out. Sometimes you come to prayer and your plans are pretty smooth and the Holy Spirit needs to rough those up a little bit and change those up a little bit. Often pastors and all of us, we just need time to listen and allow God time and space and room to speak into our lives, to speak into things. Pastors also know at least a bit of what is going on in your life. We have just been here a few months, but it's amazing in a few months how much you can get to know about people. And so you know some of the burdens, you know some of the joys, you know those who are struggling, you know those who are sick, you know who have people in their life who are going through those things. The, you know, like Greg, who is often on the drums, you know, he and Georgette, who generally sit over there, had a baby this week. We, we know these things. Yes, we can clap for that. This sum total of, of need and joy is there, and, and there's so little we can do about it. What we also know, any of us, if we add up what we can control in life, what we really have the power to affect and change, it, it is so limited, and, but we hope for so much more. And, and so what do we do? We're drawn to prayer, to, to pray for needs to be met and, and for, for those that are hurting to be comforted and those who, who are sick to be healed, for, for blessing on new life and, and blessing as lives end. We, we come and we pray for all of these things. I believe this prayer is the, the highest and the deepest at the same time, if you understand me, Prayer that can be prayed for those we love, for those whom we hope. Um, there, there's this progression to the prayer as we get into it here that, that it sees. Paul isn't just saying fancy words to throw on fancy words, and it's not just one long run-on sentence. There's, there's a progression to it. And if we kind of ask why at a couple phrases, that Paul is getting deeper and deeper with every phrase into his hope for the people, kind of peeling back layer after layer of his hope for them, getting to the core of who they are. He says in, in the beginning in 14, I bow my knees before the Father well, why? So that Christ might dwell in these Ephesians, these people in the church of Ephesus that, that Paul had helped start and had poured into their life, and he knew them, and he longed for them, and he hoped for them. Well, why would he want Christ to dwell in their life? So, so that their spirit might be strengthened, their soul might be strengthened, might get in shape so to speak, so that they might be rooted in love, so that the roots of their life would go down deep and that which nourishes them and feeds them would be love. Love would feed them. Love would pour out from them so that they might have 
power in the Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit in their life would be known and shown and exhibited in the world. And finally, that they, or not finally, but in this run, that they would grasp in this beautiful phrase, this three-dimensional phrase, how wide and wide and deep and long and high is the love of Christ for them. And finally, that they might be mature and experience the fullness filled with the fullness of God. Imagine that phrase. Think of that as we talked about Acts and the pouring out of the Spirit this summer for so long. Their hope, the bold prayer, this high, deep prayer, that they would be filled with the fullness of God. I wonder, what is the highest and the deepest prayer you've been praying? When you are on your knees, when you are on your drive in the morning, when you are in your closet, when you are wherever you are, when you pray, what are your highest and your deepest prayers? for those you love, for your hope in the world. You know, so often when there are problems in our world or problems in our life, we, we attack the symptoms of what we're experiencing. You know, there's so many diagnoses we may have or we may receive that, that really are just a collection of symptoms. I mean, I'm no medical doctor, but have, have been around doctors a lot the past few years uh, with some things in our life. And there's so many things where you're like, well, we don't really know what to call it, what it is, but it's a collection of these symptoms. So we'll call it that. And we're going to treat it with this. And, you know, it's just a collection of symptoms. Uh, there's so many things like that, in, even in prayer. When, when uh, we moved to Marble Falls several, 15 years ago, we moved from Waco there, and I had never had allergies in my entire life. My whole family had allergies. And you ever have something in your life that really, you didn't do anything for it, but you're really like proud of it for no right reason at all. Like I was really proud of myself that I didn't have allergies. It's not like I did anything to earn that. Uh, but I, yeah, I didn't have to give shots and go to the doctor or anything. And man, we moved to Marble Falls in the land of the hill country and cedar trees and everything else. And my first year I was okay. And then my second year was just, all, I mean, my nose ran all the time. My eyes watered. I lost my voice after ever, every sermon. I had five successive sinus infections. I just went from prescription to prescription to prescription. And the doctor, I would take NyQuil and Mucinex and everything, and it would try to help a little bit, but it just addressed symptoms. And I really never got better till finally a doctor got me allergy tested and I had this wonderful thing. This is gross, but those of you who have allergies know, you just shoved it up your nose and squeezed once a day and I, everything just disappeared. Instead of addressing all of these external symptoms, we got to the core of the matter. And when we dealt with the core, everything else somewhat cleared up. It's often like this in prayer. There's symptoms of a broken world in our life. There's, there's external things going on that are good to pray for, and, and we need to pray for. We need to pray for the sick. We need to pray for those who are hurting. We need to pray for those who are lonely. We need to pray for those who are struggling. We need to pray for those who are dying. For all of those things, yes, we can and should pray. That's good. But so often that's where prayer stops. It's funny how often in groups when we ask for prayer requests, these are the prayers we get, right? Prayers for the sick, 
And those are prayers for, for these kind of tangible external things. And again, those are good to pray for. But if that's where our prayers stop, our life of prayer is incomplete. I mean, first off, if that's where our prayer life is, there's no praise and thanksgiving, which is where prayer often or should often start in our life. We talked about this last Wednesday night and a wonderful sermon led by, by Karen Goodman, or not sermon, study led by Karen Goodman. There's no silence and listening to God in that. But we're also in those things only addressing the symptoms and not perhaps getting to the root of things. I mean, what would happen if God answered every one of our prayers for needs? I mean, it, the, the, has, the tendency is to say, oh man, that'd be fantastic if a God answered, but we would be like the kids who get everything and are never told no. Are those fun kids to be around? No, they're not. They're spoiled. They, they're often, their development is delayed. There would be no sickness. There would be no death. There would be no depression. There would be no struggle. These things that are hard, but through which we often grow. Interestingly, Paul bypasses all of these symptomatic prayers. Again, good prayers. Hear me say that over and again. Good prayers, necessary prayers, but one level of prayer. He, he bypasses all of that. He has, I mean, think of it. He's seen these people. He hasn't seen these people. He's writing to them after a much delayed absence, and he cuts through all of those things that he could be said and goes right to the heart of the matter. He prays for one thing, dives into the deep end of the pool here, and he prays that their heart would be captured by Christ that they would know, know to their bones, into their DNA, the love of Christ has for them, that they would be filled with the fullness of Christ. Even going further than that, how can you go further than being filled with the fullness of Christ that God would do in their lives immeasurably more than even Paul could imagine for them? And if that prayer was answered, praying to the core of them, it's likely some of those other symptoms, symptomatic needs would take care of themselves as well. I mean, if we as a church were all gripped like irrevocably with the love of God in our life, if, if God started doing for, for us, in us, around us, through us, immeasurably more than even we could imagine, loneliness in our midst would disappear and, and many of the physical needs in our, our midst would disappear because we would be living it out. Many of the problems in our re relationship would slowly heal and lessen because we would have the fruits of the Spirit in our life and practicing forgiveness and reconciliation and repentance in us. When we live as Christ uh, desires us to live, when we're gripped by the love of God, so many other things in our lives straighten out. And, and some of those that would still be there the struggles that we do have, we, there would be new hope in them because of what Christ has done in and through and around us. It's a challenge to pray with this level of hope and depth and expectation. It challenges in what we believe about who God is to pray with hope and expectation for God to do immeasurably more than we can imagine in our church, in our family, in our lives. That takes faith. It, it, it takes risk. It takes hope. It's difficult. But we're called to persevere in prayer 
of the highest and deepest magnitude. Uh, to persevere through, maybe, the prayers of thanksgiving, through the, the prayers of, of supplication, of asking God for the needs of our world, through those to this deepest hope of all that we could hope for others, for those for whom we would pray that they would be irrevocably grasped by the love of Christ, that the fullness of God would be known than any pastor, any parent, any friend could imagine for them. The kids are visiting grandparents today, and you know, you're, as a parent, you have hopes for your kids. There's so many things I hope for them of their future and education and jobs and right any of those things that we all hope for those we love. But if you had to pray one of that and the decisions they may or may not make in their life, you would want them. I would pray for them. And we do pray for them that they would be irrevocably gripped by the love of God in their life and whatever the rest of it were known in their life. I mean, as we pray for this church, sure, I want the church to grow. And sure, we want to surpass budget so we can do cool things in the world that God leads us to do. Sure, we have hopes, but those are in some ways are such small prayers do in our midst. Those prayers are, are, are symptoms. Those prayers are outflow of spirit movement in our midst. And my prayer for us is that God would do immeasurably more in the words of Paul than we could even imagine, that we would have the courage to follow, that, that we would be filled with, gripped with the fullness of the love of God for us and our world, and that would drive us outward into our world as agents of God set on fire to share this love with others. Whatever else comes after that, we'll take it, but that is in the deep end of the pool praying for this church. That's my challenge today to us, church. To pray with the boldness of Paul. To pray for the, the external things, those symptoms, to be sure. But to also persevere through to the core, to what undergirds all of them, that we would all know the love of God that surpasses knowledge and be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for us. God, we have some big imaginations among us. We have some big hopes among us. We have plans among us that we believe you have led us to. But we lay all of that before your cross, God, asking you to give us glimpses of your love for even a glimpse fills us to overflowing, transforms our life, that we would be irrevocably grasped by you, God, and who you are and your love for us and set on fire in this world to live for you, to share this love that we have glimpsed with others all around us. This we ask, God, in your name we pray. 
hope you enjoyed your segment of the Trinity Baptist Church podcast with senior pastor Matt Homeyer. Join us next week for another segment. For more information about our church and to keep up to date with the latest resources, visit our website at trinitybaptist.org.